All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How you doing? Good, man. I'm like finally back in fighting shape, I think, after the bachelor party. Yeah, so we missed last week's podcast. Yeah. I took some shit from my friends. Did you? For not having a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, Sweets <laughs> friends. It was not Sweets' fault. No, I mean, but it's also fine because we sometimes take a week off. Yeah. It's totally fine. That's true. Um, you had a great time? Yeah, it was amazing. It was actually good. so much fun. What what really uh, took your, your breath away? Like, they were supposed to surprise you a little bit, right? Well, yeah, and they did. They, well, first of all, the accommodations, like, we, we touched down Montreal. We have two, like, F-150 trucks ready for us. Two truckloads of people load up to the accommodations in Montreal. Yep. We get there. It's like an amazing, huge house with like, it sleeps like 14 people. I think, mm. um, we get in there. We all kind of, it's like two or three o'clock. We all start cracking beers. Then my friend from the Bahamas shows up, man, then, then this sure makes me look like a bad friend. Then we go, <laughs> no, that's okay. I had other <laughs> friends too, who are from here that didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, and then, my friend uh, Alex from Denmark was, Good in Lord. The, was in the hot tub. In First the of all, how do you have friends from Denmark he's not and f- the Bahamas? He's not from Denmark. Right. I've met Alex, actually. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's from here, but just works in Denmark. And, uh, whoa, swing mic. <laughs> um, and Fritz went to Acadia with some of my friends. That's right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the basketball punk. He's the ba- He is the basketball <laughs> punk. We did not play him. Okay. We did not play this time. Uh, but yeah, and then just snowboarding, walking through the Tromblon town, eating out. Is it like one of those like magical little winter towns where it's always winter and everybody's all about winter and it's yeah, yeah, definitely. That's kind of cool. It was great. Oh, good. I'm so glad you had a good time. So fun, yeah. And it took a whole week to recover because normally, at least every other day, if Mm -hmm. not every day, if not multiple times a day, you'll swing by the studio because you need. A walk or something yeah and i didn't see you all week no i, I know figured maybe you were catching up or yeah maybe you were just kind of i think it was honestly just catching up yeah and like being like oh i need to do this at my desk but not being able to gather the willpower to do it right or like i was finally in good shape but then saturday came and i ended up going out again <laughs> i feel like it just <laughs> sent me back an extra like three days we uh, had uh, an inbox chain a couple of days ago about one of our friends who's getting married very soon mm-hmm. uh not quite as soon as you but but very soon and somebody threw out montreal as a bachelor party idea it's a fun spot and immediately one of my friends was like i uh professionally can't do that i have a contract and so i can't and then i was like Yes, I don't. I super do not want to get on a plane for a bachelor party. But it's just a like it's just a trip. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Just a trip with friends. That's the way you got to think about I'd it. I'd love to go on a trip with friends. I don't want to go away for a bachelor party. That sounds like a nightmare to me. I don't know why it's different. Yeah, I don't know either. Are you not close with some of the people? No, I'm very just... close with all the people. <laughs> okay, I I don't understand that logic. But but a lot of people don't understand my logic. Yeah, because I've gone on a ton of these trips. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of don't like, relate to. All happening. of your friends are like, "My God, the money you have spent on each other's nuptials," <laughs> and no one, 
no one has and it's funny like i didn't pay anything everything was taken care of okay because all my friends just chipped in right but that probably happened reciprocally right that's right yeah Yeah. so everyone's just kind of hoping like oh it'll come around to me eventually and you know you spend an extra 20 to 80 bucks depending on what the trip is for that one person yeah and if you're okay with traveling with all the people i gotta say the snowboard thing like having an activity every day was very helpful oh sure because like trying to figure out the direction you're all going in for like a week with a bunch of different people like if you're just walking through the city and people being like oh are you ready oh you're not ready oh i wanted to go to this place okay we'll we'll go to that place and then you're breaking apart to do different things that's that's more difficult and also if you don't have like a strict itinerary the default on a bachelor party getaway is going to be binge drink yeah so you're probably like casually drinking on the ski hill is that a thing yeah but not even really like through the day we were talking about like oh we should go get like a pint of fireball and like yeah, you know, go because there was a, a a liquor store right at the bottom of the hill. But right, we actually didn't end up doing it. We were kind of just like getting through the night before through that day, and then around four o'clock, it'd be like, all right, well, it's last run. Let's do the last run and then go eat and have a couple of beer there. Is there anybody like some kind of coach or security guard, some kind of bouncer on the hill who's like, you are going to break your face if you ski down this hill right now because you're so hammered. There is ski patrol. Yeah. Oh, okay. But oftentimes, like. Most people don't. You probably wouldn't be able to tell if someone was really hammered versus just not a good skier. Well, I guess that's probably true. So, but unless they're like openly staggering, yeah. And for the most part, people are smart. Like this is the hill. <laughs> this this might make you laugh for all the wrong reasons. All right, and it shouldn't. Okay, but it shouldn't. No, it, it might do something that I should be ashamed of if it happens. Yeah. Well, the, the way I was phrasing it too, I was gonna say, remember, this is the hill that Liam Neeson's wife died on. <laughs> It is? It actually is. Because I was going to make a Natasha Richardson joke anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I... we This is that hill? This was brought up multiple times, yeah. Of course. So <laughs> it happens. Be, it probably gets brought up there every goddamn people, weekend. People were like, oh, my God. Does... Uh, <laughs> Does Liam Neeson have a very specific set of skis that he oh, wore? of course. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, also, so one of my friends was like, man, that's terrible. You want to find the run that if she did it on and like go? T- we were all like, no, but it was, it was a funny thing to to mention. I think maybe just given what Liam Neeson has gone through, that's right. He's had a rough year, couple months. <laughs> you kind of feel a little more justified. And- I don't know. In my head, she's uh, still remarried to Dennis Quaid from The Parent Trap. Was that a thing? No, they were. She was the mom in The Parent Trap. She was the mom in The Parent Trap. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. God, I watched The Parent Trap within the last year. I've seen The Parent Trap a number of times in my adult life. Yeah. It actually holds up. Nancy Meyer movies tend to hold up Mm -hmm. because the houses are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the little cottages at the camp, also beautiful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you just say the movie tends to hold up because the houses are so beautiful? Something about it, I think. Yeah, like the same with the movie The Holiday, which is a Nancy Myers movie. Like oh, it, the, yeah. the script is not good for The Holiday, but no. you watch it because like the people are charming and the tones are soft and the houses are stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about it. You, you think about movies like The Holiday 
the way that I sometimes think about Mission Impossible. Okay. I'm like, oh, I want a really cool aesthetic. The houses I want are someone with like a cool car and like doing dangerous things. Lest anybody think I don't love Mission Impossible, by the way. Man, I hadn't seen Mission Impossible for a long time and I started watching Mission Impossible Fallout Come on. on the plane. Yeah, I know. I need to catch up on like the second iteration. I've seen MI1 through 3 and I haven't seen like Ghost Protocol or... Uh, okay, this is Fallout this might be a bit of a weird ones. take, but Ghost Protocol is the best of all six MI movies. I think a lot of people say that. And Fallout is the second best. Fallout was like, pretty like cool. Four and six are the best movies, which is weird, but that's true. But it's uh, isn't it all kind of like, oh, just kidding, I was wearing a mask. <laughs> I feel like that is the no, real... No, they brought that back in Fallout. There's a lot yeah. of, just kidding, I was wearing a mask. Okay. I feel like there wasn't a lot of that in Ghost Protocol. Mm -hmm. And what was the one in the meantime? Because that I... was pretty good too. I don't know. Wasn't Fallout the most recent one? Yes, but there was a number five in the middle there. Oh, so between Ghost Protocol and Fallout, yeah. there was something else. I have no idea. There's a crazy scene in that one. Where, where can I find these movies? They're not on Netflix, I don't think, are they? No, you might have to like get them on iTunes or something. Okay. Rent them. Yeah, they ought to be on some kind of streaming service. Yeah. Actually, Tom Cruise in general is kind of absent from streaming services. I bet that's not uh, an accident. You're probably right. What happens to Ethan Hunt when he gets to be a little bit too old to do this? Because he's going to be 60 in the next couple of years, yeah. which is friggin' wild. Right. I'm not saying he's like, no, I am saying he's going to burn out eventually. Totally. And, and he's going to be a liability. He should not be doing this. His mitochlorians cannot be that clear <laughs> or low or high. I don't know. Did you say that word earlier today? No, I heard that, that word twice today. Yeah, it was on the... Uh, uh, Conan podcast it with was. Ben Schwartz. And, it was. Yeah. I was going to say, I've heard that twice today and I've heard it mispronounced twice what, today. Was it? It's not mitochlorians. It's like it, from Star Wars? Oh, that's what it is in Star Wars. No. Mitochlorians. There, there is a, there is a thing in Scientology where they measure your oh. like, Oh, okay. I thought things. I thought it was just like a joke. Like, no, like no. Scientology is no more preposterous than being a Jedi. Well, sure. That's, yeah. that's what I thought the joke was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But it's it's it, they actually do have a, a measure of like maybe it's mitochondria or something, right? Which is an actual biological term. But I, how how I long before Tom Cruise gets canceled? Because really, where is Shelley Miscavige? He knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's close to being on Michael Jackson territory. He well, that's what I mean. Like he's number two at this cult. Which you know, if a cult isn't hurting anybody, then fine. But there's mm -hmm. ample evidence that that cult hurts people. What would it take for him to walk away? Uh, Leah Remini says that Tom Cruise could fold the Scientology church. Yeah. He, he single-handedly has the power to end that religion. And for that reason, he's also like, a, a, what is his net value because of it? I, and I the mean, power I don't know. that he has because of it. I don't really know how they, how they uh, presumably they pay him, right? Like, I think it, it's, a, it's a pyramid scheme in that most people have to pay to upgrade, but like where he is basically on the top, I don't think he pays a membership. I think they pay him. He reaps the rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's it's like a pyramid scheme. But that's not on the books, right? Like if I were to look up celebritynetworth.com, what is Tom Cruise money? Right. He would have like say. he would have like four hundred million dollars, but that's all from his huge movies. Right. And then it'd be like plus five hundred million from Scientology. Well, exactly. It would not say that, but we would kind of have to just deduce that on our own. Well, however much, <laughs> whatever price they put on Shelley's head, I guess he, <laughs> he has that money. Right. Uh, I How don't long know. has she been missing for? I don't know, like eight or nine years, probably. Oh, God. And, and also the police have investigated it and they like went into it and then they came back and they were like, yeah, nothing to worry about here. 
Oh my god, that's so scary. I know it's so sketchy. Oh no, we can't find her, but it's all good. I don't even think they said that. Like the press was like, "Did you find her?" And they're like, "Nothing to worry about here." Oh my god. <laughs> did they like? So basically, they went in. Scientology was like, did they like touch their face in a certain way when they said that? Yeah, and the maybe. person was just kind of like, okay. I think I think that's the point. Is that like maybe Scientology paid off the cops, or maybe she is fine and she lives in like a, a dungeon in the basement voluntarily. Oh, but maybe she was like paid off. Like she, maybe her husband was like, you need to get gone yeah. forever. Yeah. And I'll give you this much money. And she said, okay, like, sure. I'll move to Paris or Greece or whatever. And I, I don't think identity. she's, I don't think she's like gone. I think that she's either dead and melted or she's or she's in the palace right. and she's not not allowed to show her face or whatever. Right. Man, that's weird. I know. I have you been to that uh, bookstore I recommended by the way? No, I haven't yet. It's so is this amazing bookstore called Duels on Main Street in Dartmouth. And uh when I go in there, I always check the the science fiction and fantasy section because mm-hmm. when I was a kid I loved Redwall books and right. I've been recollecting my old Redwall collection that I foolishly gave away yep. uh, and I still have one or two left to attain so I always check the fantasy and science fiction sections when I go into used bookstores <laughs> and I usually notice an L. Ron Hubbard book or two in that section so easy to forget that this guy who created this like notorious thing was a terrible writer and novelist yeah. for a little while right what was the movie that they made of his uh, I don't know wasn't it like space, space invaders or space wars or something? Space invaders is an arcade game. Now I know. I know. I knew it was wrong as I was saying it. I just was trying to get on a train of what it was. Right. Something from space. Was Scientology the initial reason not to touch, not to trust Will Smith, who I believe is not a Scientologist? I've been over this. It, it was part of it. There are so many reasons this week not to trust Will Smith. It's actually uncanny. We have never had so many Will Smith things, so I'm excited to get to it later. Incredible, because yeah. I haven't heard of one yet. Oh, you have. You've heard of a few of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I think All so. Right. Some of them are pretty big. Okay. You want to talk about some news things? Let's do it. Okay, so Luke Perry died, which was terribly sad. Mm-hmm. Moment of silence. It is pretty sad. 52 years old. Yeah, with that's the scary thing about... Like, he had a stroke. You don't see a stroke coming. No. Well, and I've watched Riverdale. Uh, you know, I, I'm not proud of that fact, but I do watch it. And the parents more and more have become more and more integrated in the series. Like, the parents yeah. are as prominent in the show as the teens. And I'm using finger quotes. Yeah. Uh, and they're all, like, if the teen actors are bad, the parent actors are beyond terrible. Right. Across the board, save Luke Perry, who's easily in it the least. So it's like, it's just this cruel joke. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe he was in it so little, uh, maybe because he doesn't need it or maybe because he has um, unspoken, unpublic health problems. Yeah, I don't think so. Like if you're, if you're at risk for a stroke, you don't necessarily know you might be on blood thinners. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But I know that it's giving uh, Generation X an existential crisis. Yeah. For two reasons. They're like, I remember when he was hot and a teenager. It gave me an existential crisis. Well, seriously, that's the other thing is it can be like, oh, a seemingly healthy, fit, nice person can just (laughs) die suddenly. No word of a lie. I am going for a heart EKG tomorrow because of luke Perry. no well it was it was definitely a motivating factor okay like i've been didn't hurt i've been feeling like a like a a weird thing not a painful thing but i'm like i'm gonna get this checked out right if this has something to do with my heart i don't want to like die googling 
Is it like a is it like a, a pang in your chest? Yeah, it's not even like a pang. It's almost like an arrhythmia. Oh. Or like a like a faintening of the heartbeat or something. Okay. Hey, the other really sad celebrity health situation is Alex Trebek. Oh man, that that one really hit. It was I think a week ago today, yeah. and it like ruined my day. Yeah, I could see that. And he was such a good like the video was so oh, great. He was so poised, which is like and funny. Yeah, he's cracking wise in it. Yeah, Ken Jennings uh, is that his name? Ken yep. Jennings. He wrote this op-ed about what it's like to have like worked with Alex Trebek so many no times because he's been back on the show, God knows how many times. Yeah, uh, and he he put it very well. He said he's the last Cronkite. He's this right. like authoritative, kind of sly, um, mysteriously brilliant, a little bit intimidating mm-hmm. uh, television broadcast professional. Right. Uh, and that is kind of a, a, a creature that's gone away. Yeah. God, like who, how could they ever replace him? Well, I don't know. I mean, they're, we're going to have to do that eventually anyway, because he's an old man. He's 78. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is stage four pancreatic cancer. When pancreatic cancer is famous for being the one you don't come back yeah, from. It's like bad. I, I, he's got like good spirits about it and he's positive And obviously that can play a role in your recovery. But I think it's literally a 1% survival rate. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a three percent survival rate. Okay, and I think after taking into account the fact that you're seventy eight. Oh yeah, no, that's that's without age yeah. being that doesn't taken help into account. Yeah, I'm sure that probably knocks it down a few percent. Yeah, a few percent. This <laughs> is zero percent chance. Although no, he's kind of a, he's probably. like a badass. A couple of years ago, somebody broke into his house in the middle of the night and he chased them off with like a golf club or something. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Trebek. I know. Classic Trebek. That is going to, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe it's kind of ugly to say, but that would be a very sad situation, obviously. And yeah. I watch him every night. Every night. I wow. do. We watch him every night. I watch, I mean, I haven't like consistently watched Jeopardy for, for 27 years, but like he's one of the first broadcasters I remember because my yeah. grandmother would watch Jeopardy. I'm super happy if Jeopardy is on and I'm in the room, but I, I rarely turn it on. It's incredibly watchable. See it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, you and I watched it when we lived together. Yeah, we sure did. Oh, that reminds me. I have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. So I said, uh-oh, like I knew what was coming, but I have no idea what's coming. In the five years since we've lived together. Yes. Have you just been telling people that we got fleas because I have a cat? No. You've just been spending the last five years no. really believing in your heart of hearts that that's why we got the fleas? No, 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 This no, came up no. in the lunchroom at work the other day. <laughs> okay. And you made a little comment. And I was like, you motherfucker, you've been, you've been telling people I have this. Not, I have not been telling anyone that. What? Okay, so how did the conversation go? Can you bring me, bring me back around? Well, I think we're just talking about the industry and about how you have to... Uh, for whatever reason, we were talking about our crappy little apartment. No, no, no. What you said was... They left the fridge open downstairs, yeah, and that's where we got fleas that's from, right. we're which talk- I, which we're I about took sh- issue with. We're talking about the shitty neighbors. Um, I think I think somebody told me that's why they definitely left the fridge open, and there was like a pest problem. And mm-hmm. if we had those bugs, so did they. Oh, I believe that. And if there is any I justifiable reason for why those scary neighbors fled in the middle of the night, which they did, I guess it's the pest problem. But. Mm-hmm. My cat has never been outside. I don't know what you're misremembering when you say that my cat got out because that my cat has never in her life been outside. No, you you told me that your cat got out at home like one of the weekends when... Not my cat, man. You said it was quick. It was swift. 
even if that is the truth, mm-hmm. my other cat, my family's cat, Chloe, is an outdoor cat. We live in like a nice neighborhood in Dartmouth right. at that time. And our apartment in the valley was a sandbox. It was just a mud pit. Like that dirt, that dirt driveway would have fleas. But in. isn't it possible that an outdoor cat could act as a conduit? Although the fleas, I know the fleas can't live for long on an outdoor cat. But if outdoor cat comes indoor. Who said a fleas can't live on an outdoor cat? Well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm assuming I'm assuming your cat, your outdoor cat was like treated. No. I mean, it was at the time. Yeah. I I I well, I don't even know if that's true. Definitely Mia had to have an advantage treatment every month for like 2 years. And then at the end of it, they were like you should keep doing this. And I said, "Nah, fuck you." Yeah. Sure. And she's been fine ever since. Yeah, because fleas don't just spontaneously generate. Was my point. Right. And you had never had a cat before. And so I understand there's, I have to be a little bit understanding Mm -hmm. where we just suddenly had fleas and that was mysterious. Mm -hmm. But it is so much more sensible to me to blame the shithole in which we lived than the little cat. And I've always had cats. (laughs) You're looking at me like in a, with your eyes so wide and hopeful. Like I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah. I right. just don't want to shoulder any of the blame for that horrible incident. I don't, I don't blame you. Good. <laughs> you shouldn't. It wasn't my cat's fault or my fault. Well, I was going to say, it definitely wasn't your fault. It wasn't Pretend, the cat's fault. There's like a, a slim percent chance that it was potentially the cat's fault. No. I think, I think it makes more sense, if anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they probably got in downstairs and then worked their way up. <laughs> yeah, that's it's I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I think if anything else, if it did original originate in our apartment, which mm-hmm. was upstairs, yep. it makes more sense to me that the fleas jumped on like while carting laundry from the car to the apartment because it was a sandbox. It's true. There were a lot of raccoons around. Yeah. Outside. Do you remember how it was like it was like not scary? But not fun to take up the garbage. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know exactly what it's you mean. It's not fun to take up the it, garbage anywhere, but like <laughs> it was kind of like it was just like oh. the only thing that was good about it in that place was it said limit of one bag per whatever, right? And you could literally throw whatever you wanted in there. And it was just a garbage shed. Chuck it out. Chuck it in the shed. Yeah. But it was like, it would be nighttime and they have to walk down the pine stairs oh, and yeah. like, and you just want to do it as fast as possible. Preferably do it without inhaling. Yeah. And you might run into a coyote. Yeah. Or TJ. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't yeah. scary. You but might like, get a hit of that angel dust accidentally. Exactly. Like, you know when Elliot takes out the garbage in E.T. and you're like, yes. this isn't, this isn't really easing. Right. Yeah. It's Elliot, like that. get inside. That yeah. was, yeah. We were Elliot trying to get inside. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That was a sketchy situation. All right, moving on. Okay. I'm glad we've settled this. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. As if we haven't talked about Bohemian Rhapsody and its mediocrity enough. Mm-hmm. Would you believe they're talking about a sequel for this goddamn movie? I would not believe that. You wouldn't believe it. I would not believe that. That's so dumb. Of course it is, but this movie has kind of been predicated on dumb. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like been been rife with dumb since the, the beginning. entire time. Which is not a criticism of Queen or even Rami Malek, but just dumb has permeated this movie forever. What's it going to be like the time in between when he died? Yeah, they're going to pick up at Live Aid and then like do a story about him with Jim, is that his name? And like 
basically what what comes next for Freddy with the timeline still being like that's the problem still being wrong still being completely yeah made up uh well i guess he i guess they just keep digging a hole of lies like digging well, deeper digging now deeper now it's and, now it's shameless it's like right. our first movie wasn't good but somehow our actor won best lead actor and we made a shit ton of money yeah so like that is kind of the recipe for making a sequel in hollywood yeah i i guess so i mean you could make like a better sequel of walk hard or walk hard uh what was the johnny cash movie again <laughs> walk the line walk the line yeah. walk hard is still one of the best rock biopics it no yeah no one gives that movie its credit no it's no. like hot rod the andy samberg movie it's so funny but was and, it you i was talking to me recently about how uh is it Popstar? Popstar doesn't get enough pop credit? Popstar, yeah. No one ever talks about Popstar. No one Sorry. talks about Popstar. Yeah. Actually, on the rewatchables a couple of weeks ago, they did Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Which is a, a definitely a rewatchable movie. Yeah. But then they talked about how um, Get Him to the Greek was terrible. Oh, what? And that is That's inaccurate. That's It is not true. That That is a... Most times, I give the benefit of the doubt like when when we make a statement like something is true or not true, I yeah. can see the other side. I honestly cannot see the other side of Get Him to the Greek. Get Him to the Greek was so good. But people don't like quote it all the time. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what the most iconic quote. I think probably the most iconic thing from Get Him to the Greek is that meme of Jonah Hill being like, yeah, he's like really excited. Or like pet the, pet the furry wall. Stroke the furry wall. Stroke the furry wall. Maybe. I, th I still think that's kind of inside. Have a Jeffrey. Jeffrey, sure. That's a funny movie. It's a it's a super funny movie. Yeah. P. Diddy is very funny in it. He is great in it. Jonah Hill is very funny in it. Yep. It's peak Russell Brand. I watched uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin the other day. Mm -hmm. And that's like the original Jonah Hill, right? Just being yes. weird. and That was like they, they cast this guy. They just found him because he was weird. As like, a, you look weird. You're going to be buying something from this. And somehow Store. we went from there to mid nineties, which did you see? No, I didn't. I think Jonah Hill is probably secretly pissed that he didn't get any awards recognition for, I, I, yeah. I think mid nineties was definitely his Oscar bait. We've talked about that a little bit. You know, his saving grace for me. What's that? He just, uh, directed the music video for the new vampire weekend song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I was pumped about that and Jerry Seinfeld's in it, but Jerry Seinfeld does not look happy to be in it. And no. I'm convinced that, there were a couple phone calls made and he begrudgingly showed up. But isn't, to be in this isn't it musical. Jerry Seinfeld's thing not to do anything begrudgingly? Like he's so, uh, he's yeah. so pious and above everything. That is true. It's so weird that he but, would do someone but a favor. He's kind of acting like that in it. Yeah, I guess. He's even like they walk in. It's, it's a weird music video. You should watch it. So uh, last year, uh, Convict... Nico Walker writes this book called Cherry. Right. And the film rights get sold. <gasps> and the Russo brothers, a.k.a. the people who made the Avengers movies, okay. are directing Cherry the movie. Really? I'm really excited about who they cast to play the titular Cherry. Oh, can I guess? You can. You'd be wise to think within the Avengers ilk. Oh, really? Jeremy Renner? No. Nope. He's got to be younger than Jeremy Renner. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you hear it, you're going to go, that's great. Oh, uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, that's good. It is good. That is good. Yeah. I think he has the look. I think so too. He has like a youthful and innocence to him. Short bangs. Yeah. White t-shirt. I just look at the picture on the back. Right. Still haven't finished that book. I'll get there. 
No, you're not. You lost interest. It's okay. I definitely lost interest. That's too bad. It was good. It was it was good. Yeah. You, you it, I feel like it left you uh a little despondent. Um <laughs> yeah, I was just a little bit without giving anything away, I was a little dissatisfied. Yeah. And certainly it's it's hopeless at times, but I was okay with that. I think it's just important not to lose your momentum reading that book yeah. because it's not long. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so close to the finish line. I could finish it in like two hours. Yeah, you probably could. Well, and also it's like, it's a fast read anyway. Like yeah. I'd never read a book in two weeks. Right. But I did because I knew I just had to keep the momentum up. Otherwise I was going to either get depressed or just not, and like it'd be a, yet another book I didn't finish. Yeah. And I think they'll, I think they've, there is a narrative where they can make it more like Goodfellas and less like, Ooh, I don't see that happening. Less like, um, I don't know what, what's the, uh, train spotting. I guess even oh, yeah. train spotting would be train spotting. If there's a train spotting vibe to that book, it would be kind of exciting. That would be doing it a favor. I think I don't, I don't see that happening. I really think cherry is just about how, uh, Ain't that America for you and me? I think it's how yeah. the system let these guys down. Oh, dude, you know who would do, I think, a pretty good job of playing him? Who? Was the guy who played Baby Driver. Yeah. I can yeah. see that working. Ansel Elgort. Ansel. I don't know. I feel like he's already peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I love Baby yeah. Driver. What's what's going on with him now? I don't really know. He should have played Young Han Solo. Isn't it sad that um, Kevin Spacey kind of tainted that movie? Uh, in general, there are a lot of things that get tainted by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And right now, Michael Jackson music is tainted. That's a big one. Right. Uh, I don't think I can allow Kevin Spacey to take Baby Driver from me. Can I? He's in it a, a, just a little enough amount that I can, I can, I can handle it, and I can enjoy the movie for what it is. Can I say? Remember when I went into the studio and said, hey, yep. Michael Jackson, like apparently this documentary is pretty damning. Yep. And you were like, I mean, what are they going to do? They're yep. not going to pull Michael Jackson. Yep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, probably not. But, you know, like, would you be super? It seemed star? crazy, right? Because yeah. biggest pop star of all time. It uh, seems like it's, it's happening. I, I don't know if it's going to happen everywhere. Like it's it has. Here's a ridiculous way to phrase it, which is true. It has way less charge behind it than Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. Way yeah, less. That's it's so a way crazy. slower burn than Baby It's Cold Outside. That is crazy. And they're not even the same thing. No. Uh, when Baby It's Cold Outside, in a couple years, that'll be on the radio again. Mm -hmm. When Michael Jackson music goes away, does it come back? I th I don't even think it completely goes. I think yeah. it slows. I think so too. I think I think that's why it's a slow thing. People are reluctant to. I think it might have to be after like a Christmas season. You introduce like like one of the Jackson Five Christmas songs, and slowly mm. you start kind of exposing more and more. Or even I want you Jackson. back. Like you can hear that song yeah. and not hear Michael Jackson. Actually, that's that's uh, abuse victim Michael Jackson, not right. not the other way around. Right. Um, I watched the first half of that documentary. Like it's a four hour thing. I watched the first two hours. Wow. It's, and I watched it in two parts. Yeah. It's wild. Really? It's yeah. It's, you can't believe the things they just say. They look into the camera and they're like, this happened. Here's a weird thing. Is it a good watch? Um, well, no, I guess, I guess effectively it's not a well-made movie. Is, is there's it the a, equivalent of a page turner or are you? No, no. it's it. There's a lot of B roll in it. There's a lot of photographs in it. Okay. And then it's mostly just the heads of four people, the two victims and their mothers. Okay. And so like one of the victims is uh, 
he he went on to be like one of the most successful uh, contemporary choreographers in the world. Like wow. he was a dance prodigy, and that's how he kind of entered the Michael Jackson circle. Gotcha. Like he would like do Michael Jackson moves at Michael Jackson concerts, and so he went on to be a dance prodigy slash choreographer. And he choreographed like Britney's Vegas show and right. like a whole Instinct tour and everything. He's like amazing. So he's rich. He has nothing to gain. No, he does have something to gain. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he isn't rich anymore or something. Uh, um, I was hoping he'd be like, no, I'm a, I'm a like multi. Right. So what's, what's even more frustrating is that last time this was litigated, he mm -hmm. testified in favor of Michael Jackson. He helped uh -oh. get Michael acquitted. So now that doesn't, dead. that doesn't look great, but you could say he was still like one of the top dogs in choreography and Michael Jackson was still alive and could end his career. Right. You know, Mm-hmm. So I don't like that they're suing the Jackson estate for $1.5 billion. Like this is the other thing about removing the music from, from radio play. We can't enrich the, the villainy of Michael Jackson anymore. Mm -hmm. He's dead. Yeah. And his, his estate isn't necessarily to blame unless they're covering it up, which I guess now that I think about it, there was a lot of covering up. Like he was surrounded by all these people who knew what was happening, but effectively so did these kids mothers and i'm not trying to point blame where it's undue but these are the mothers of respectively a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old who let their little boys sleep in a bed alone with a 35-year-old man yeah and he would like come over to their house in pasadena and like That's... play with the little kid for like eight hours and she'd do his laundry yeah. and you could say that he's he he was just a boy stuck in a man's body because he didn't get to have a childhood and he was abused himself. You could say that, but he warned the little boys what would happen if they told anybody, you'll go to jail and so will I. And that is a man. That's an adult understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do you hear from the, the kids of Michael Jackson in this at all? No. I remember I read an article a couple of years ago in, in Rolling Stone where his daughter, Paris, I think, yep. was straight up like, like so vehemently like no my father was a good person you can yeah. ask anyone that knew him this is such bullshit that he gets his name dragged yeah. through mud so to Corey feldman and macaulay culkin and macaulay culkin has said again and again right and he he admits to have like having slept in the same bed with michael jackson why did he sleep in the same bed with so many kids he had sleepovers with kids <laughs> yeah but you could have a sleep but like you could go into another room of course <laughs> even even of the course. idea is obviously insane. Even that is perverse. Yes. Yeah. But he says he was never physically assaulted right. by Michael Jackson. And when he testified in favor of Michael Jackson, he said, it's ridiculous. Excuse me, but it's not ridiculous. <laughs> you can see where people are misled a little yeah. bit here. Yeah. And Corey Feldman also was like, no, dude, he's yeah, fine. But like, and I don't know anything about the psychology of, uh, of being a child victim of sexual abuse, whether you are one or not. But it seems to me the kind of thing you could block out. Well, and I think Corey Feldman has been pretty open about oh, other abuse. He would talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Although he's also famously like a weird Michael Jackson fanatic. Like he tries to emulate Michael Jackson's life. Okay. That is strange. So that happened. And then there was the R. Kelly Gale King thing. Right. I only saw clips of that on like Instagram. It was crazy. Yeah. It was truly insane. Did you watch all of that? No, because I don't need to hear all that. No. I saw the highlights. You like, saw the highlights. Yeah. I saw him stand up and scream. Right. She was awesome in it. She like really kept her cool. Yeah. How do you even keep like Robert? I I felt like it was. <laughs> I felt like it was a little weird that she was totally calm, sitting down the whole time, like she's a a police interrogator. Like I'd be like throwing my hands up, like whoa, yeah. man, okay, all right, 
we're good. I know. Just sit down. I agree. Like, I feel like that would be a little, like, if Gail was doing that, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, Gail. I feel you. I'd be that scared. He's almost got, like, a Charles Manson vibe. He's got, like, this thing where, like, <sighs> he indoctrinates young women. And, like, his, he's got two girlfriends. He's in, like, a thruple with these two. They're 21 <laughs> and 23, and they live with him. Ugh. And they're not allowed to talk to their families. And the families are devastated. They're like, our daughters have been oh, no. uh, brainwashed by R. Kelly. Yeah. And, like, they're, they're not allowed to talk around his friends. So what they have to he, ask to go to the bathroom. Did he say anything that made sense in this interview? Or did he just immediately get emotional and start screaming about stuff? I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. No, I don't think. I think the answer is no, he didn't say anything that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. incapable of that. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Man, where did he start and go wrong? Honestly, last week was friggin' crazy. And this week is crazy too because of this insane college scheme. Yeah. Oh my God. Laughlin Huffman. Did you ever think. Huffman? Uh, like, yeah, Felicity Huffman. Did you ever think Aunt Becky would be indicted in like a federal ponzi scheme yeah like a huge fraud thing yeah she asked she asked for uh admission for pay to price and they said you got it dude they also <laughs> <laughs> yes uh they uh you you had a little bit of a route to get there yeah i, was, I know it took too long that's okay i was, I was really... like how am i phrasing they also had some third party come in and like write the sats i know i just think that usc needs to have mercy <laughs> yeah there it is okay uh, do you have any more that was a quick run any more um i wish the investigators would just cut it out <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a you don't have a fourth i don't think i have a fourth now i kind of get uh uncle jesse confused with Joey Lawrence. I keep wanting to say whoa. But that's, <laughs> yep, that would be wrong. That would be incorrect. But seriously, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill Macy's not going to be indicted, I guess. But like they both handed themselves over to... And by the way, they're just two of 50 people. Yeah. 50 rich people who decided to... to Try to get their kids into something. And not excusing them, but like how many other rich parents are out there like quaking in their boots right now. <laughs> I read or I, I, I listened to another podcast where the guy was like, you're rich already. Like go to DeVry. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing. Like just, just pay for their stupid YouTube channel or their album. Right. Or, or if you really want them to go to school, uh, pay 500 grand, which is what Lori Laughlin paid, pay 500 grand to renovate the campus theater or something. And they'll let you in. And at least then it'll be on the books. 100% right. So the, the route that they took was there was this like roundabout thing where you can have a scholarship for athletics mm -hmm. and your grades don't have to be as good. So the idea was they, they made it seem like Lori Laughlin's daughter was going to uh, be a varsity track star paddler no oh, uh, maybe uh, it is uh rower crew okay. yeah and like Winklevoss. yeah like the Winklevoss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> uh and uh anyway then it didn't go through but they still honored the right the the admission yep. rate mm -hmm. and this was done many times over again with many different students why are not why are the schools not in trouble or are they they might be. They should be. Yeah, you'd think so. They probably nudged it. They're probably like, you know what you could do? Yeah. Yeah. Here's an option. You know what Felicity Huffman did? Yeah. <laughs> and you've got Huffman money, baby. Right. Yeah. Except does she? You and Stamos? What? Oh, you're not with Stamos anymore? <laughs> no, her who husband is like a designer or something who 
like had a really successful line at Target. Oh, okay. It's like Massimo or something. Yeah, so they have lots of money. <laughs> okay. They have lots of money. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to go to jail. I, th- I read somewhere that they're not likely to go to jail, but there's going to be some kind of restitution. Their kid has to go to the shittiest school. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how your dumb... Your kid it- doesn't go to university ever. How dumb is your kid? Like... <laughs> they can't just like yeah. le- don't you don't they want celebrity kids to go there the, i honestly i feel bad for the kids well you wouldn't if you heard like any of the youtube content by this olivia jade who's the daughter of Lori laughlin oh no who has a five year long youtube series which is just like vlogs and she is the worst <laughs> okay um insert audio right here yeah and i'll be like i just can't believe that up uh, oh yeah she she has this whole thing about how she doesn't even want to go to college because she's just she's just gonna go there to party so much yeah she's a terrible person and she's like 19 now she used to be even younger but like yeah she seems terrible and like that's the other sad thing here is what are you teaching your kids they're so entitled yeah yeah they were trying to get the nanny to teach their kids and they were like oh like fran drescher yeah exactly yeah (laughs) at least teach them some moral lessons Joey Lawrence was in that, wasn't he? Nope. <laughs> he was in Blossom. Oh, Blossom. Who was in The Nanny along with Fran Drescher? Uh, Fran Drescher um, and uh, British guy okay. who was the patriarch. Right. And then there was a butler and a couple kids, but the kids were n- none of the Lawrence. There's always a butler, pros. a tease for what's to come in the Will Smith segment at the end of this podcast. Oh, I still don't know it. The Fox and Disney mergers expected to go through uh, on March 20th, which I believe is what next Wednesday, uh, $71.3 billion. And suddenly everything Fox will belong to Disney by next Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I'm anti this move. <laughs> this Hot take. New, this isn't news to you. No, I know. I'm just kidding. It does seem kind of overlordy. Yeah. And it seems like it's taken a while, but I guess $71 billion should take at least a year to yeah. Uh, litigate. Yeah, they want to make sure they comb through it. Yeah. Just to make sure that Disney definitely has $71.3 billion. Mm. I think they do. It's not a Laughlin situation. Probably not. <laughs> uh, do you remember um, Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I said I got Spotify? Yeah. Fun thing happened yesterday. Ooh. Everybody with Spotify Premium woke up and they have Hulu. No way. But we don't have Hulu in Canada. Oh, okay. I was I, I thought you meant that they now have Hulu. No, in we still and and by the way, it's insane that mm-hmm. here in this and like now deep into the golden age of streaming television that Hulu hasn't been like, we should probably figure out how. Because for years they've been like, no, it'll be available in Canada soon. There's some weird stuff I, I heard on a an ad lately. They said Hulu like is available for anyone with other television service or something. Okay. So you need to have an existing cable account, I believe, okay. in order to have Hulu. So it's probably just the Canadian cable companies that are screwing us. Maybe, Maybe that's it. Yeah. Typical of the Canadian cable companies. Very on brand. Sesame Street is going to have a live action movie in the year 2021. Okay. Do you think you'll have a, a little uh, little sweets running around by then to enjoy it? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I saw Beautiful Boy this weekend. I've never heard you so dismissive <laughs> of anything I've mentioned. I saw Beautiful Boy this weekend. Oh and, yeah, and it was okay. It was like it, the acting was really good in it. I think Chalamet is probably a better actor than Steve Carell, but Steve Carell is the one you like feel for mm-hmm. in it. It's like a character study in addiction and how it can tear apart your family. I gotta say, I think I might have made a, a crazy prediction that Marwin was gonna win awards or something when you first. 
Uh, no, I think I probably thought that too. It clearly like, wanted to. It was yeah. clearly Oscar bait, but it got trashed. Yeah. Yeah. He really threw it all out there to see what would stick this year, didn't he? Because there was also Pepsi Vice. commercials. <laughs> Vice. Vice. And he was okay in Vice. He was pretty oh, good. He was great in Vice. Yeah. yeah. I think he was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think he's just like, even though Steve Carell seems humble, he also is clearly chasing that gold. Yeah. More than so? some, like, I think he cares more than, which is fine. Yeah. He's good. He's got the goods. Be a serious actor. But like, yeah, he, he doesn't even do any comedies anymore. No, I know. Wouldn't it be great if he just did like a good rom-com again? Yeah, it would. Just would, like a wacky I, I movie. I would like that. Where are you in the office? Uh, we are, uh, the golden ticket episode just happened. Oh like my God. Five episode 19. That's so that good. Such a good episode. It's so good. Yeah. We're just in such a good stretch of the office where uh, I am. Where Dwight takes credit for the, because Michael wants him to take the my, fall. He wants him to take the fall and then realizes that it was actually very successful and yes. Blue Cross ended up upping their account like tenfold. <laughs> And Dwight just leans into it. It was equivalent to the the episode where uh, Dwight backstabs Michael. There's yes. that whole dynamic going on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. His name is Krentis. <laughs> Krentis <laughs> the dentist. that's why he became a dentist. You know who also doesn't get enough credit for that show is the guy who plays David Wallace. He's good. He's he, a great straight man. He is like a known uh, improv actor, I think. Interesting. Yeah, like he's a, he's pretty pretty solid. Because he's not, I mean, he's not unfunny in the office. No, but he plays the he stays within the realm of his character. Yes. Whereas like Jan is scary at the beginning, and then she just goes off the rails. Goes so crazy. And actually, David Wallace kind of goes off the rails at one point too. Yeah. But he doesn't totally lose his shit, and then he kind of rallies and becomes David Wallace in a suit again by the end of the series. Okay. Yeah. He's a he's a good guy. So many things that I don't remember or never knew. Yeah, you had you slowed down on it a little bit. Well, I went away. We started mixing in the Umbrella Academy. We're almost done that. Okay. We it's hard to get a good glimpse of what the Umbrella Academy is from the first episode. Well, okay. it's not true, but you don't meet the two of the the villains, the hitman Mary J Blige and right. the dude from from uh Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're very good too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Do you have any interest in seeing Captain Marvel? I honestly don't. Oh, interesting. I is, do kind of want to see it. Is it out yet? Yeah, it came out last week. Made a ton of money. Did it? Good. Yeah, good, yeah good. no, it's making lots of money. I, I'm, I I don't know. It seems like they're really leaning into the, the 90s milieu a lot. Like, that's the theme of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, that makes how, me want to see it more. Well, it, it takes place in the 90s. I had okay. this, I had this, um, I heard this on a podcast recently. I thought it was very astute about how uh, Marvel kind of circumvents feeling as stale as they otherwise might by on top of the superhero theme for all their movies adding another subgenre to all their movies okay so for example like spider-man homecoming is a john hughes style teen comedy right. yep. and ant-man is like an apatowian uh like bay area slacker comedy right and uh, First Avenger is a war movie and Winter Soldier is a spy movie and Guardians of the Galaxy is like a space cowboy movie. Right. I thought that was like really bang on. Yeah, and totally. So, and that so some of the Marvel movies that lacked a distinct uh, tone in that way, something to kind of uh, compare it to, kind of fell by the wayside. A la like Doctor Strange. Like what is, it's just kind of, it was the same story as Iron Man, but it was a little trippier. Right. Um, and so... It'll be a, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Captain Marvel kind of meets that 
standard or that yeah. that formula or will part of it be it's also a samuel L. jackson movie well samuel L. jackson driving like a muscle car in the 90s movie right which is also not accidental right basically trying to keep it like uh pulp fiction sure yeah yeah okay i see what you're saying yeah that the, honestly that piqued my interest more than any of the trailers had good okay I, I did not get that vibe from any anything that i've seen about the movie i don't know anything about the story no no um, but we've got uh, Endgame coming out in a couple of months, so like I really want to feel like I know Captain Marvel going into that. Can we shut her down after Endgame, or is it just too too much of a money There's, making machine? Well, not only is that not going to happen, they're going to then enter the next big phase of Marvel movies, probably led by Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Like I think, right. yes, we're going to retire some of the guys who have who have done who have put in their time right uh tony stark and and captain america or whatever and probably a lot of these people will die but there's a long like seven movie plan for spider-man right is guardians done uh no they're doing a third guardians movie because james gunn got fired right i don't know why guardians wasn't more successful than like the last um jurassic park movie Chris Pratt has a real sequel problem. Yeah. Because he was so hot with the Lego movie and Jurassic Park and Guardians of the Galaxy. The part twos for all three of those movies were, were bad. really lackluster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Although the second Guardians movie I was okay with. I didn't watch it actually. I just heard really? that it was lackluster. And it also like didn't it. it didn't boom. You know, it no. wasn't like an event. No. And the Lego movie too couldn't have been less of an event. You're right. It was the worst marketing I've ever seen. Yeah, maybe that was intentional. Like, let's just try to bury this. It sucked. I'll tell you that. the first movie. Yeah, maybe. Which is a weird, <laughs> weird way to go. That seems like a, a big, yeah, a big mistake. Yeah. Let's talk about shows. All right. Okay. Let's I guess it's, it. it's my turn to, to recap a show. Yeah. Uh, what were the two shows we talked about? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to recap uh, Ricky Gervais's new show on Netflix, Afterlife. Okay. Oh, boy. I've seen three of them, though. Oh, really? Ooh, that could make it tricky to recap but i also don't know enough about the widow to recap that the first episode of afterlife is very like you don't get a whole lot from it okay all it right. doesn't end on a positive note no really it's no, just it doesn't. kind of like there's one fleeting moment of a little happiness to introduce a new character do they well i mean a new character being like a new to the realm of their okay. work oh that's right okay yeah. all right you got her i guess i guess all right in three, two, one, go. Ricky Gervais is sad because his wife has just died of cancer. Um, his wife, who is clearly the great spark of joy in his life, and she's left him a series of laptop videos, basically coaching him through his grief and also life in general, like this is how you take out the garbage on Wednesdays. Um, and he is deeply suicidal. He's mean to everybody. He hates his job where he works at a local newspaper. Um, he... Uh, goes to visit his father who's like senile in an old folks home and he it's pretty bleak yes i didn't really give you much of a narrative there because i don't really remember so other things that i'll just mention yeah he's like he's basically got a dog that's like the only reason he didn't kill himself that's because right because the dog and someone has to feed the dog and also he clearly loves the dog yeah he works at a newspaper writing features with his brother-in-law yeah. and he, the brother-in-law is hiring a new person to work in features too and, and the brother-in-law it it's the brother of the woman who died. Yes. Who's handling it much better than him. Yes. I liked that guy, by the he's, way. Yeah, he's a bit of a pushover. Yeah. Um, but and, he's kind of starting to come to the end of his rope with Ricky Gervais. Right. With Tony, he's kind of starting to be like, listen, I know you're sad, but you got to pull yourself together because you can't treat people badly. Right. And uh, the new lady 
doing features. Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. Is probably going to be a bigger part of the show. Yes. But isn't huge in the first episode. She's, she's not huge just... in the first three episodes. Okay. She's, she's kind of just an observer. Yes. Yeah. She's there. She's definitely going to be buddies with him. Maybe in a, like a slow build. Um, but yeah, she's really just there to be fresh eyes mm-hmm. to be us, I guess. Yeah. Sure. I actually thought it was pretty well written. Yeah. I liked it. There were parts that made me laugh. There was uh, levity in times of like in a, in a show that should be extremely sad. Yeah, it, it is extremely sad. Like the next two episodes are super fucking sad. Oh, really? They there's, get there's darker. Some, there's some really sad. Like he's clearly making an effort to do that. Um, like you're going to watch the rest. I probably will. Six episodes. Jen, Jen was like, no way would I ever watch that. And I'm like, oh, I'll probably go through this. I laughed at him calling people guns and. That's also that's also how uh, Jen felt about early episodes of The Office. It's how all of us feel about Ricky Gervais's early stuff. And then you're like, oh, I actually care about these people. Mm -hmm. Um, So without giving anything away, there's a thing with like heroin in the next two episodes. Oh, whoa! Where it's like, I just I don't think Ricky Gervais, not that I do, but I don't think he understands that you can't be flippant about this. Like it just so quickly goes into him. Yeah. Okay, I'll try heroin. Well, because the premise of the show is. He wants to kill himself anyway. So he's in the in the time between now and when he kills himself, yeah. he's just going to do whatever he wants and right. say whatever he wants because he's just going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. So basically he's living his life in anarchy. Mm-hmm. So he does and says all kinds of crazy stuff. And much of it is very funny, if very depressing. Right. Um, and I don't know, like... I think the show could so easily be Ricky Gervais brand sanctimonious. You know how like, I like Ricky Gervais, but like, you know how when he goes on a talk show, he's like, God doesn't exist. Right. You're idiots if you think otherwise. Right. Like this show could be Stop that. Stop eating animals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, like I said, I like him. And obviously he's in a way, one of the great television geniuses of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show is infused with that tone is what I'm trying to say. It has that, uh, that, uh, nihilistic, uh, uh, what's the word for people who don't like people misanthropic kind of tone, Mm -hmm. except it seems to know that that's not the right way to go. Right. So like he's playing a heightened, uh, nihilistic version of Ricky Gervais experiencing grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, except the moral of the show is clearly there's more. There's more. And you should, you should discover hope. Right. And so that kind of um, adds a layer to Ricky Gervais, which I'm glad to know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I kind of missed the part where he got a little spark of life. Like he he was talking to, to a man who received the same birthday card or something right. five times. I was trying to get the answer from Jen because we had finished it. And then I was like following up later. Like, how did this episode end? It's not fresh. He's writing a feature about this guy and his wife has also died. And he was kind of giving him some advice. And I think it was like a glimmer of light. Oh, uh, it's not fresh. Form. I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. There's a couple of people in it that I think are, are, uh, expendable fat. Like the therapist yeah. is a sequence in every episode so far. Right. And he takes me out of it. I don't, oh, does he? I don't believe. No. And you'll agree when you see more. Yeah. I don't believe this character is not the same comedic brand as this show right he's way too terrible at his job yeah for tony to keep going to him right right there were uh the, the father played uh played one of the key characters in game of thrones and he's the, the yeah, red wedding yeah he's yeah. argus filch from harry potter oh right him too that's right you killed my cat and he's 
and, and he's like he's kind of uh, he's old and mm-hmm. senile and he has a, a a nurse who i think is going to become ricky gervais's love interest okay he's got like kind of uh come on pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. there's good in people kind oh, of, okay kind of uh tone to her it's so she's so kind of dour in the first one and she just, just doesn't like, take anybody's bullshit i think she's just kind of like suspicious of like what are you trying to do here? Right. Yeah. Right. I like the brother-in-law. I think he's pretty good. Oh, when they're talking about like the futility of fluff media. Yeah. I kind of identify with that. They're just, oh, like, talking about how he's, how, like he does like the little fluff pieces in the newspaper. Right. And, oh, and, like, yeah. How this is and he's like, walking by the paper and she says 93 year old woman mugged. Yes. And she says, scarred for life and he's like for life <laughs> she's 93 if she lives to 100 it'll only be seven percent of her life. <laughs> but like he even makes a reference to like like my my example for when i want to roll my eyes at some radio breaks is always oh look an orca learns sign language <laughs> yeah and like sure. he even says something like that like to, of the same like like why did we need to know this how are we bettering the world by talking about well this bullshit it is really funny like he's the person that writes the stories that are uh, that are the fluff pieces they are like the maritimer of the week like, yeah here's a person who collected 800 owl figurines yeah. over like he's writing stories on these people yeah so you can understand why he thinks it's crushed his soul this yeah it's crushed his soul this doesn't matter what did My you think said. about the mugging scene where like two young guys come up to him in an alley and they're like do you have any money and he already knows what's gonna happen he's like yeah i've got money yeah and they're like well give it to me or i'll kill you yeah and he's like what does he say i think he just says no or yeah he, he basically or, says, or you'll have to kill me then because i want to die or like yeah he says like i'm sure people do that because they're afraid of death they're yeah. really hammering home that he's not afraid of death right because he's got not a whole lot to live for you're right that is the purpose so he's like but then it's like so my choice is die but then i'd have to like give in to two little shits like you right and he basically like punches one of them in the face with a can and is like just fuck off yeah that was pretty effective but it didn't scare me the viewer because they're like punk kids and it's broad daylight right. and it's something about it was like it didn't look scary yeah they're me. like they're like teenage like young teens did you know this show existed no it came came up on netflix it's like that uh is it a beyonce album thing because like I, it's almost maybe? suspicious how little i knew about this show like, he created the most beloved sitcom of a generation. Yeah. How come I didn't know he had a new show coming out? I had a similar, but maybe not the same kind of experience when I realized that Ben Affleck uh, movie is out. It's called, like, Triple Exposure or something with, like, him and Oscar Isaac and Charlie Hunnam. It's all on Netflix. It's oh. out now. Oh, wow. It's like an action movie. It's kind of a heisty military okay. action movie. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was like, Jen, you want to watch this? <laughs> yeah. As soon as we saw it. Well, but, maybe, maybe but it Netflix just dropped is, out of nowhere. Maybe they're just not doing a great job of, of promoting certain things. Like they know what people get really excited about. So they just hammer home the Stranger Things trailers and the Queer, uh, the queer Eye trailers. Dude, I think it's the opposite. I think if they don't pre-advertise that much and you consistently go to netflix because you don't know when something good might be on there you'll go to netflix you're absolutely right the all all of netflix's great successes have Mm. been from word of mouth yeah i like it and there's different trailers on like remember you used to have the same trailer at the top of the screen for a long time for a long time yep sorry i'm i'm reverting a lot to saying fur fur and it's really bugging me (laughs) i don't know why i'm talking like this okay i was never gonna pick up on that okay um but yeah, now it seems like the trailer is changing at least weekly. 
Yeah, I think that's probably true. Like, I think we went from Umbrella Academy to something else within yeah. three days to something. It's probably changed seven times probably. since Umbrella Academy. Honestly, I don't really like this, but when I am researching fluff pieces for mm-hmm. media, uh, one of the ways I always know a show or a movie on Netflix has found some kind of zeitgeisthood is the inevitable BuzzFeed article that says, which character from Afterlife are you? Right. It comes... Did that come up? No, but it could, is what I'm saying. Sure. Or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just never happen. Right. I can't see Afterlife being that popular. No, maybe not. Maybe kind of... Maybe kind of cult. Unless it really makes us cry in episode five, you know? Yeah. It could... I mean, Episodes wasn't a huge success. It was kind of like something that exists. You, and you mean like extras. Extras. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. That's true. But I think it's still pretty well liked. I think it is, in yeah. In general. Well, and certainly the original Office is Solid like, follow-up. Is a canon thing. Yes. Like, yeah. Do you give Afterlife your, your S? I do give Afterlife my S. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. Go watch it. All right. You're going to recap the first episode of The Widow starring Kate Beckinsale. Saul? Yes. Sale? Sale. I would say Beck and Sale, but it's probably Beck and, Beck and Soul. Beck and, I think it's Beck and Sale. Briefly referenced in Pete's monologue on SNL. We yes. got an update this weekend. Yep. It's, a it's weird so one. crazy. I emailed you when that when that rumor first came out. Yeah. Like to say, like, just, you know, this is what people are talking about now. Yeah. And it was like kind of just post Ariana. Yeah. And you were like, no, nope. Did, did, I, I, did I say no way it's happening? I or? think, yeah. You like vehemently denied it, which was not unreasonable. Yeah. That's, it is just so weird. It's preposterous. 20, 20 year difference, I think. Is he yeah. even 25? Is it more than that? Yeah, like, like 25 and 45. I kind of wonder what a 25 year old. Well, no, you know what? He's young. He's just like, whatever. Let's date this girl for a little bit. I say he's young. I'm like four years older than him. Well, yeah, I, I know. Like, I don't know. As long, are they going to fall in love? Not that there's anything wrong with that either, but it seems a little weird because how different their lives are. Mm-hmm. If they're just having fun and everybody's on the same page, he's... He's clearly, you know what? We don't have decided about Pete, uh, Pete Davidson. He, I bet he is the nicest guy. Yeah. I think that's probably, I think that probably comes out when the cameras are off. He, that, he has to have that to offer. Yeah. He has to. He's obviously hilarious and a blast. Mm-hmm. And she's like unbelievably beautiful. <laughs> the two qualities that obviously match up. I can't with remember watching other. The Widow and we were both just kind of like, wow. <laughs> she's, were you? Yeah. Yeah, because she's beautiful. I was kind of trying to think, like, if there was a 45-year-old... Like, it's not J-Lo. I think that I feel she... like that is is a, a lady that you skip 20 years for. Yeah, no, J- J-Lo looks incredible. There's no question. You know question. what? Jen Aniston, I would say, too. Yeah, so much you'd put her on that first name basis I'd, with the... I'd put her, yeah. <laughs> cut her down to a Jen. <laughs> cut her down to a Jen. And, yes, uh, oh, all these women look stunning. There's no question. But I don't put... Kate Beckinsale in there. Maybe it's because I'm not as familiar with Kate Beckinsale. Well, the other thing about The Widow is she's not even dolled up in it. Like, she's always kind of sweaty. She's she's always wearing sweatpants. She's always kind of sweaty because she's in the Congo. She's got this big (laughs) gash on her leg. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. She's got multiple strikes against her. That's right. And she still looks great. Still up there looking too good for Pete Davidson. (laughs) No, I'm happy for them. (laughs) Casey ever catches wind. I'm going to uh, set the timer for you, and you can recap the first episode of Amazon Prime's The Widow Mm -hmm. in three, two, one, go. 
Kate Beckinsale is in a relationship with a guy who ends up going to the Congo on a work trip, I think. Uh, ends up his plane crashes in the Congo. She's not convinced that he's died. Uh, she actually goes to the Congo, meets a couple of people, realizes one of them is actually shady and never actually had a brother like he said that was on the plane. Um, she continues staying there, gets a note from a car that she used to drive with this guy that says, go home as if he's still alive. Okay. Well, you did leave out the most important part of the whole episode. In fact, the mo- the, probably the very premise of the series, which is that she goes back to the Congo when she sees on the news him in the background right after having been led to believe yes. that he's been dead for three years so i only had 30 seconds sweets it's most important <laughs> that she goes back because she has because reason she has, to believe she believes, uh, and okay. so she reacquaints with the journalist who first kind of reported on the plane crash yes and she reacquaints with will his name is will her husband or whatever uh-huh. uh his old business partner uh judith right uh, and then yeah, some there's clearly like some gang stuff and mm-hmm. some I don't know anything about. And like, there's a whole B plot of this the school, this one survivor. Who, well, actually, that's a C. Oh, plot. the blind people. Yeah, the the two blind people. One of them that survived this plane crash. Right. That I don't know if other people know about or not, but anyway, he's lost his vision and she is also blind, and they're kind of just like talking. I think I think she was just a mechanism to like explain yes. who this other guy was yeah that's right there's this blind guy they meet in the doctor's office mm-hmm. you're right he he's blind because of a plane crash and then they quickly he's like i i went blind in a plane crash and then they quickly cut to no one survives plane crashes right from yeah. judith how could you ever survive that so that's how we know that will survive the plane crash do we think will is like working for a terrorist organization like did he go off the grid and now he's like sending uh georgia that's Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Like little private messages like, go home. This is over. I'm with them now. I think he's like, they. I think he was a powerful man and they have basically captured him and he is at their mercy. Oh, okay. You think he's a POW? Yeah, a little bit. Because I don't really know anything about the politics of the Democratic Republic of Congo, <laughs> but it doesn't look... Democratic seems or very, Republican. It's kind of an ironic name. Yeah, is it? I think so. Was that some 41 album about the guy who got kidnapped? Was that in the Congo? Oh, Chuck. Chuck. Was Chuck, was that the Congo? I think it might have. T- I, I, I think Chuck actually was who saved them all. They yeah. were like in, yes. in like a shootout and he was the helicopter pilot. Was that Congo? It came down. Uh, it could have been Congo. I think it was. Maybe it was Sudan. No, it's Congo. Was Congo? Okay. Yeah, I think it was the Congo. I believe you. <laughs> I, I, I have no reason to not believe you. And I have like, I'm so impressed that you knew the story behind. I'm impressed that you out. remembered the name Chuck. Yeah. There you go. We are, we both have something to be proud of. <laughs> we are a good team. Some <laughs> <laughs> this, this, we both achieved tonight. totally renewed my faith <laughs> in our friendship. <laughs> oh, well, thank God. After the flea incident, I was pretty nervous. <laughs> For five years. We got back to it with Chuck. (laughs) Now, my first instinct is that this is just another melodramatic, not melodramatic, but like highly dramatic, morbid, blue and gray toned, high drama, spy thriller 
cable show that we've done on the podcast again it, and again and again. It did not offer anything new for me. No, not all. really. Like there was nothing about it. I feel like I've seen a bunch of shows that are, is this person actually dead? I'm yeah. going to look for them. They're probably somewhere. They're obviously the not dead. Yeah, they're very clearly not dead. Yeah. It comes to the end of the series and he's not, and he's dead. It's actually a great it's gonna, twist. It's going to be kind of a letdown for <laughs> yeah. everyone watching, unless he died nobly, which would be the only way. That the other thing that's getting a little bit overdone in uh, hour-long dramas right now is the multiple timeline thing. Yes, you're right. You're so right. It's yeah. It's like how in movies they'll they'll start at one place and then they'll eventually get to that place and keep moving forward. Well, and, and we might just see it in pilots more so than shows in general, mm -hmm. but so many pilots are like, they open on the climax and they, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. How I got exactly. myself into this crazy it's situation. A very, I always think of Deadpool as yes. the, yeah. How did I end up here? Well, at least that turns it on its head. Right. It acknowledges how overdone that cliche is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know. Was it necessary to show us the stitches being removed? Is that just to show us that she's a badass? <laughs> I don't think that that was supposed to be that uh, Symbolic. painful to watch. It wasn't painful to watch. Uh, not okay. really. By the way, I got roped into being on the safety committee, which I know you did too. Oh, yeah. At work. We're going to do the staying alive thing. I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at first, I was afraid. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Did you hear about somebody who uh, saved someone's Actually life doing saved, that? Yes. He learned it on the office? That's incredible. I feel like you and I are getting a reputation for just being yes people at work. Like, we're on the union executive. Because <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, just like, ask okay. Slaney and Sweets. They'll do it. You're and like, okay. I'm probably not a great candidate for, like, being a first responder when somebody's convulsing and foaming. I was saying mouth. I was saying that too. Like, let's pull Sweets and Anna off the air to save someone. I don't mean that. I mean like I get queasy and stuff. Oh yeah. Like if somebody has well, like and we a stake the, through their heart or and something. And we have those like foolproof AED paddles too. Oh, the the defibrillator. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. They, they apparently like if if you have a heartbeat, they don't do anything. And if you have a, if you don't have a heartbeat, they like defibrillators are a great myth of television. They almost never work. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you see it all the time in TV and movies, like the defibrillator brings somebody back to life. They yeah. have like a 0.1% success rate. Really? They are such a last ditch effort, defibrillators. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, so CPR is better. It at least keeps the heart like beating until emergency crews. I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I have to take the course, but We're I'm just, I'm so this. famously weak stomached and I get tunnel vision and stuff. We finished watching Dirty John, by the way. Yeah, uh, which you should so finish watching. Oh yeah! Oh okay. my god, it was it was it was one of the best watches I've had all year. Whoa! All uh, right, but I passed out twice in twenty minutes. Really? Yes. You didn't actually pass out. The first time I could feel myself passing out, yeah. so I laid down. Yeah. And Becky got me a cold compress and elevated you're, my feet. You're kidding me. I'm dead serious. <laughs> and then and then I was like, okay, I'm good to watch it. And we watched it, and then I did pass out. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah this is absolutely insane don't, you, don't you, laugh at me you passed out watching dirty john a thing happens oh because it's like it's gruesome yeah a thing happens okay i didn't just get like nervous yeah i thought that's what you meant <laughs> i don't know why i went there yeah it just didn't seem like that violent of a show no it's not and actually that's kind of the the creepy it thing that's actually something that's really good about the way they build suspense in that show is that you know he's so evil but he, <laughs> he does nothing out. through the whole thing that's illegal yeah and then a crazy thing happens
Oh my God. Watch it. It's eight episodes. Okay. I And then like once you're done, you won't have to do this, but like once you finish eight episodes, then you immediately have to watch the documentary and then you have to listen to the podcast and suddenly you want to devour as much Dirty John as you can. All right. All right. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Beats the widow. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't give the widow my ass. No, I don't either. I don't think it's worth watching. I don't think I have any other thoughts on it either. The other thing is like they talk a lot about devastating plane crashes and we just had like the most devastating plane crash. Yeah, happen. that's true. Yeah. And it was in Ethiopia. It was in Africa. Yeah, that's right. Although I kind of thought that scene afterward where like they're like doing a press conference and people are asking questions. I thought that was probably pretty real. That yeah, kind of I think like, so too. Yeah. I like think everybody's so like, where's my, but my, my mother was on that plane. And like the it, ministry of transport is like trying, they're trying to, to spin it. Elected and spin yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That was good. Watch it for that part. <laughs> no, for no, the don't. Politi- okay, yeah, we have so much more show to do because there's so much Will Smith stuff. Okay, wait. Can I? Can we actually like hit the T for a sec? So you gotta I take can a use the washroom. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, sweet. Did everything go okay? Everything went fine. I peed in your bathtub. Okay, good. All right, that's what it's for. <laughs> okay, so a number of Will Smith things. Okay. First things first. It is official. He is not returning for Suicide Squad two, which is being directed by James Gunn, by the way. Okay. Um. Good director choice. He's not coming back for the sequel. Do you think that was his choice? I do. I think so. I think that he doesn't do that. Sequels. And also the first movie, like, why would you put yourself in that position, honestly? Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of get it. Like, even though we don't trust Will Smith, why go back for more? Right. But if it it ends up, like, I mean, it wasn't a good movie. If this can be the saving grace, wouldn't you kind of want to, like... Want well, redemption? it's more likely to be good now because Idris Elba is going to play Deadshot instead. Oh, wow. So they're actually changing the ca- the characters still in it. But. Well, at, f- at first it was going to be like, we're not going to put Deadshot or Harley Quinn in it. Oh, and man. then I think somebody was like, knock, knock. Here's all the money you need to get those people in it right. because otherwise no one's going to come to this movie. Mm-hmm. And so now they're both in it, but Will Smith still didn't want to do it. Wow. And so they got Idris Elba, and indeed Margot Robbie's coming back. Plus, she's also going to do her own Harley Quinn movie. Legit. Which I don't have a lot of faith in. I like her, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I want her to do well. I almost have faith in it because I so strongly don't think it will be good. So right. for that reason, like maybe they have to make it good. Maybe. But <laughs> uh, Will Smith didn't have faith in it. He also doesn't right. see things through. He signed on to play a character. Yeah. Never trust Will Smith. Right. Uh, he is heavily featured in the new Aladdin trailer. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so the first one, people were really against the idea of his blue face. Yeah. And now I think people have kind of come around to it. Well, he's not in blue face for very long. Well, that's that's right. Like, yeah. you're right. He kind of just is Will Smith in the flesh. Yeah. Being Will Smith as the genie. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of okay with it because he's Will Smith as the genie. It's not like, not that I thought he was going to do a Robin Williams impression, mm-hmm. but like he's going to do, you ain't never had a friend like me right. with the, yeah, like the it's Will like Smith. A, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of into that and everybody's kind of coming around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we spin this so you're not supposed to trust him? Well, we, th- we thought it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> now we're realizing and now it seems like it, it is good might be good so he's this, a, he's we a, couldn't trust the a, first he's a flip-flopper that's right <laughs> if nothing else he's a flip-flopper uh okay that's not the only trailer that went viral this week that loosely involves will smith the other one he's not in i know you heard about this okay he's not in it but this guy named uh, like morgan cooper he's like this amateur filmmaker made a trailer for what it would be like 
if, if they fresh made Prince of Bel Air. a fresh Prince of Bel Air dramatic reboot as like oh. like a high drama. Okay. And it has no business being this good. I don't think I watched. I, I saw it come up on like Reddit. I did not know it was that big of a deal. It's a big deal okay. because it's like you watch it thinking like it's going to be a gag. Mm-hmm. Like are they just going to like speak the theme song right. you're and, home to ballet yeah right. it's gonna take itself really seriously but it's all new actors to play all these people it's as if they were to make a live act like obviously live action but like a dramatic a riverdale it's more serious than R- riverdale is more tongue-in-cheek than this right because like at its heart fresh prince of bel-air is a dramatic story, a story about a kid who was starting to run with the wrong crowd who got sent up to live in a world that he was not he was not from Mm -hmm. and how fitting in became hard with this rich family. And that's what this is about. And like you watch it and you're like, this could work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it'll grow legs? I kind of think it will grow legs. I kind of think it's cool. Okay. It shouldn't work is the thing. Right. But you watch it and you're like, if people saw this trailer and then they announced the movie, people will be like, okay. But the problem is that they've already done this and it was the oc <laughs> well yes that's true except he wasn't from like a rich family to or he wasn't it wasn't his family to begin with and although he was from a rough part like really it kind of is the oc isn't it yes but that if you're just going to look at it through that like week of a of a framework that, oh, that happens all the time that happens at every uh teen drama yeah kid comes from out Long of town tracks yeah he's not from here and yeah. and then like you know, culture wars ensue. Right. No Butler. What's the Butler's name? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. No Butler. That's what I was referencing earlier. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Wasn't a great tease. Yeah, it was a good bait. Anyway, so Will Smith has not, nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Yet. Right. Well, that's the thing. is, If they were to make it, it would be executive produced by Will Smith. And, and Jaden Smith will play the lead. The guy they got in the trailer's good. Really? Yeah. What's his name? I don't know. He's not famous. Okay. It's like an amateur no one's thing. Famous in it. Okay. No. That's cool. Never trust Will Smith. Like it. Never trust Will Smith. He's gonna play the Williams sisters' dad in a movie. The Williams sisters. Like Serena and Venus Williams. Okay. There's gonna be a movie about their rise to success and he's okay. gonna play their dad. And people have a problem with this because I think their dad is from Africa. Like he's not like black enough. Oh, uh, you know who else was from Africa? Who? The dude from Concussion that he played. Oh, that was problematic. Tell the truth. It didn't feel right. Tell the truth. And it, sh- it shouldn't be problematic, but it didn't feel right. Remember Concussion? Like, I remember seeing the trailer for Concussion and thinking, like, that's going to be Will Smith's comeback. Yeah. It and was it not. It was not really. No. I didn't see it. Me neither. But it kind of didn't do great critically. It didn't certainly didn't do great commercially. Mm-hmm. And why do it at all? And why do it at all? I think they thought it was going to be the movie that like brought the NFL down. No, <laughs> uh, never trust Will Smith. We have many more. We have one more. Oh, yeah. He tried something new because you know how his whole shtick on Facebook is like try something new. Like yeah. that's his Facebook show. Right. Try something new. So he did stand up comedy for the first time, and I was a little surprised to learn he's never done stand up comedy before. Yeah. Just because in the '90s he kind of did everything. Right. Uh, he's never done it before. He opened for Chappelle. Oh, wow. Which is like, interesting. Yeah. And I watched a clip that wasn't terrible. Jesse Fox, who is like the vulture critic for comedy and is like kind of tough to impress, he said it was terrible. Right. And probably the whole thing was bad overall. But the clip I saw wasn't so bad. Yeah. And so I don't know what to believe. Again, he's, you don't know 
if you can trust him, he's inconsistent. you can't trust him. He's, he's a flip-flopper in comedy as in life. <laughs> Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Was that too much? Y'all want to see me blue? <laughs> <laughs> I'm blue. <laughs> <laughs>